Part two, chapters nine to twelve of the Voyages of Doctor Doolittle by Hugh Lofting. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter nine: The Purple Bird of Paradise. Polynesia was waiting for us in the front porch. She looked full of some important news. Doctor said, "She, the Purple Bird of Paradise has arrived." At last said the doctor. I had begun to fear some accident had befallen her. And how is Miranda? From the excited way in which the doctor fumbled his key into the lock, I guessed that we were not going to get our tea right away, even now. Ah, she seemed all right when she arrived, said Polynesia. Tired from her long journey, of course, but otherwise all right. But what do you think? That mischief-making sparrow, Cheapside, insulted her as soon as she came into the garden. When I arrived on the scene, she was in tears and was all for turning round and going straight back to Brazil tonight. I had the hardest work persuading her to wait till you came. She's in the study. I shut Cheapside in one of your bookcases and told him I'd tell you exactly what had happened the moment you got home. The doctor frowned, then walked silently and quickly to the study. Here we found the candles lit, for the daylight was nearly gone. Dab-Dab was standing on the floor, mounting guard over one of the glass-fronted bookcases in which Cheapside had been imprisoned. The noisy little sparrow was still fluttering angrily behind the glass when we came in. In the center of the big table, perched on the inkstand, stood the most beautiful bird I have ever seen. She had a deep violet-colored breast scarlet wings and a long long sweeping tail of gold she was unimaginably beautiful but looked dreadfully tired already she had her head under her wing and she swayed gently from side to side on top of the inkstand like a bird that has flown long and far shh said dab dab miranda is asleep i've got this little imp cheapside in here listen doctor for heaven's sake send that sparrow away before he does any more mischief He's nothing but a vulgar little nuisance. We've had a perfectly awful time trying to get Miranda to stay. Shall I serve your tea in here, or will you come into the kitchen when you're ready? We'll come into the kitchen, Dab-Dab, said the doctor. Let Cheapside out before you go, please. Dab-Dab opened the bookcase door, and Cheapside strutted out, trying hard not to look guilty. Cheapside, said the doctor sternly, what did you say to Miranda when she arrived? I didn't say nothing, Doc, straight I didn't. That is not much. I was picking up crumbs off the gravel path when she comes swanking into the garden, turning up her nose in all directions as though she owned the earth, just because she's got all that coloured plumage. A London sparrow's as good as her any day. I don't hold by these gaudy bedizen foreigners know-how. Why don't they stay in their own country? But what did you say to her that got her so offended? All I said was, you don't belong in an English garden. You ought to be in a milliner's window. That's all. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Cheapside. Don't you realize that this bird has come thousands of miles to see me, only to be insulted by your impertinent tongue as soon as she reaches my garden? What do you mean by it? If she had gone away again before I got back tonight, I would never have forgiven you. Leave the room. Sheepishly, but still trying to look as though he didn't care, Cheapside hopped out into the passage, and Dab-Dab closed the door. The doctor went up to the beautiful bird on the inkstand, and gently stroked its back. 
instantly its head popped out from under its wing chapter ten long arrow the son of golden arrow well miranda said the doctor i'm terribly sorry this has happened but you mustn't mind cheapside he doesn't know any better he's a city bird and all his life he has had to squabble for a living you must make allowances he doesn't know any better miranda stretched her gorgeous wings wearily now that i saw her awake and moving i noticed what a superior well-bred manner she had there were tears in her eyes and her beak was trembling i wouldn't have minded so much she said in a high silvery voice if i hadn't been so dreadfully worn out that and something else she added beneath her breath did you have a hard time getting here asked the doctor the worst passage i ever made said miranda the weather well there what's the use i'm here anyway tell me said the doctor as though he had been impatiently waiting to say something for a long time what did long arrow say when you gave him my message the purple bird of paradise hung her head that's the worst part of it she said i might almost as well have not come at all i wasn't able to deliver your message i couldn't find him long arrow the son of golden arrow has disappeared disappeared cried the doctor why what's become of him nobody knows miranda answered he had often disappeared before as i have told you so that the indians didn't know where he was but it's a mighty hard thing to hide away from the birds i had always been able to find some owl or martin who could tell me where he was if i wanted to know but not this time that's why i'm nearly a fortnight late in coming to you i kept hunting and hunting asking everywhere i went over the whole length and breadth of south america but there wasn't a living thing could tell me where he was there was a sad silence in the room after she had finished the doctor was frowning in a peculiar sort of way and polynesia scratched her head did you ask the black parrots asked polynesia they usually know everything certainly i did said miranda and i was so upset at not being able to find out anything that i forgot all about observing the weather signs before i started my flight here i didn't even bother to break my journey at the azores but cut right across making for the straits of gibraltar as though it were june or july and of course i ran into a perfectly frightful storm in mid-atlantic i really thought i'd never come through it luckily i found a piece of a wrecked vessel floating in the sea after the storm had partly died down and i roosted on it and took some sleep if i hadn't been able to take that rest i wouldn't be here to tell the tale poor miranda what a time you must have had said the doctor but tell me were you able to find out whereabouts long arrow was last seen yes a young albatross told me he had seen him on spider monkey island spider monkey island that's somewhere off the coast of brazil isn't it yes that's it of course i flew there right away and asked every bird on the island and it is a big island a hundred miles long 
it seems that long arrow was visiting some peculiar indians that live there and that when last seen he was going up into the mountains looking for rare medicine plants i got that from a tame hawk a pet which the chief of the indians keeps for hunting partridges with i nearly got caught and put in a cage for my pains too that's the worst of having beautiful feathers it's as much as your life is worth to go near most humans they say oh how pretty and shoot an arrow or a bullet into you you and long arrow were the only two men that i would ever trust myself near out of all the people in the world but was he never known to have returned from the mountains no that was the last that was seen or heard of him i questioned the seabirds around the shores to find out if he had left the island in a canoe but they could tell me nothing do you think that some accident has happened to him asked the doctor in a fearful voice i am afraid it must have said miranda shaking her head well said john dolittle slowly if i could never meet long arrow face to face it would be the greatest disappointment in my whole life not only that but it would be a great loss to the knowledge of the human race for from what you have told me of him he knew more natural science than all the rest of us put together and if he has gone without any one to write it down for him so the world may be the better for it it would be a terrible thing but you don't really think that he is dead do you what else can i think asked miranda bursting into tears when for six whole months he has not been seen by flesh fish or fowl chapter eleven blind travel this news about long arrow made us all very sad and i could see from the silent dreamy way the doctor took his tea that he was dreadfully upset every once in a while he would stop eating altogether and sit staring at the spots on the kitchen tablecloth as though his thoughts were far away till dab-dab who was watching to see that he got a good meal would cough or rattle the pots in the sink i did my best to cheer him up by reminding him of all he had done for luke and his wife that afternoon and when that didn't seem to work i went on talking about our preparations for the voyage but you see stubbins said he as we rose from the table and dab-dab and chee-chee began to clear away i don't know where to go now i feel sort of lost since miranda brought me this news on this voyage i had planned going to see long arrow i had been looking forward to it for a whole year i felt he might help me in learning the language of the shellfish and perhaps in finding some way of getting to the bottom of the sea but now he's gone and all his great knowledge has gone with him then he seemed to fall a-dreaming again just to think of it he murmured long arrow and i two students although i'd never met him i felt as though i knew him quite well for in his way without any schooling he has all his life been trying to do the very things which i have tried to do in mine and now he's gone a whole world lay between us and only a bird knew us both we went back to the study where jip brought the doctor his slippers and his pipe and after the pipe was lit and the smoke began to fill the room the old man seemed to cheer up a little but you will go on some voyage doctor won't you i asked even if you can't go to find long arrow 
he looked up sharply into my face and i suppose he saw how anxious i was because he suddenly smiled his old boyish smile and said yes stubbins don't worry we'll go we mustn't stop working and learning even if poor long arrow has disappeared but where to go that's the question where shall we go there were so many places that i wanted to go that i couldn't make up my mind right away and while i was still thinking the doctor sat up in his chair and said i tell you what we'll do stubbins it's a game i used to play when i was young before sarah came to live with me i used to call it blind travel whenever i wanted to go on a voyage and i couldn't make up my mind where to go i would take the atlas and open it with my eyes shut next i'd wave a pencil still without looking and stick it down on whatever page had fallen open then i'd open my eyes and look it's a very exciting game is blind travel because you have to swear before you begin that you will go to the place the pencil touches come what may shall we play it oh let's i almost yelled how thrilling i hope it's china or borneo or baghdad and in a moment i had scrambled up the bookcase dragged the big atlas from the top shelf and laid it on the table before the doctor i knew every page in that atlas by heart how many days and nights i had lingered over its old faded maps following the blue rivers from the mountains to the sea wondering what the little towns really looked like and how wide were the sprawling lakes i had had a lot of fun with that atlas traveling in my mind all over the world i can see it now the first page had no map it just told you that it was printed in edinburgh in eighteen eight and a whole lot more about the book the next page was the solar system showing the sun and planets the stars and the moon the third page was the chart of the north and south poles then came the hemispheres the oceans the continents and the countries as the doctor began sharpening his pencil a thought came to me what if the pencil falls upon the north pole i asked will we have to go there no the rules of the game say you don't have to go any place you've been to before you are allowed another try i've been to the north pole he ended quietly so we shan't have to go there i could hardly speak with astonishment you've been to the north pole i managed to gasp out at last but i thought it was still undiscovered the map shows all the places explorers have reached to trying to get there why isn't your name down if you discovered it i promise to keep it a secret and you must promise me never to tell anyone yes i discovered the north pole in april eighteen o nine but shortly after i got there the polar bears came to me in a body and told me there was a great deal of coal there buried beneath the snow they knew they said that human beings would do anything and go anywhere to get coal so would i please keep it a secret because once people began coming up there to start coal mines their beautiful white country would be spoiled and there was nowhere else in the world cold enough for polar bears to be comfortable so of course i had to promise them i would ah well it will be discovered again some day by somebody else but i want the polar bears to have their playground to themselves as long as possible and i dare say it will be a good while yet for it certainly is a fiendish place to get to well now are we ready good take the pencil and stand here close to the table when the book falls open wave the pencil round three times and jab it down ready all right shut your eyes 
it was a tense and fearful moment but very thrilling we both had our eyes shut tight i heard the atlas fall open with a bang i wondered what page it was england or asia if it should be the map of asia so much would depend on where that pencil would land i waved three times in a circle i began to lower my hand the pencil point touched the page all right i called out it's done chapter twelve destiny and destination we both opened our eyes then bumped our heads together with a crack in our eagerness to lean over and see where we were to go the atlas lay open at a map called chart of the south atlantic ocean my pencil point was resting right in the center of a tiny island the name of it was printed so small that the doctor had to get out his strong spectacles to read it i was trembling with excitement spider monkey island he read out slowly then he whistled softly beneath his breath of all the extraordinary things you've hit upon the very island where long arrow was last seen on earth i wonder well well how very singular we'll go there doctor won't we i asked of course we will the rules of the game say we've got to i'm so glad it wasn't oxenthorpe or bristol i said it'll be a grand voyage this look at all the sea we've got to cross will it take us long oh no said the doctor not very with a good boat and a good wind we should make it easily in four weeks but isn't it extraordinary of all the places in the world you picked out that one with your eyes shut spider monkey island after all well there's one good thing about it i shall be able to get some jibizri beetles what are jibizri beetles they are a very rare kind of beetles with peculiar habits i want to study them there are only three countries in the world where they are to be found spider monkey island is one of them but even there they are very scarce what is this little question mark after the name of the island for i asked pointing to the map that means that the island's position in the ocean is not known very exactly that it is somewhere about there ships have probably seen it in that neighborhood that is all most likely it is quite possible we shall be the first white men to land there but i dare say we shall have some difficulty in finding it first how like a dream it all sounded the two of us sitting there at the big study table the candles lit the smoke curling towards the dim ceiling from the doctor's pipe the two of us sitting there talking about finding an island in the ocean and being the first white men to land upon it i'll bet it will be a great voyage i said it looks a lovely island on the map will there be black men there no a peculiar tribe of red indians lives on it miranda tells me at this point the poor bird of paradise stirred and woke up in our excitement we had forgotten to speak low we are going to spider monkey island miranda said the doctor you know where it is do you not i know where it was the last time i saw it said the bird but whether it will be there still i can't say what do you mean asked the doctor it is always in the same place surely not by any means said miranda why didn't you know spider monkey island is a floating island 
it moves around all over the place usually somewhere near southern south america but of course i could surely find it for you if you want to go there at this fresh piece of news i could contain myself no longer i was bursting to tell someone i ran dancing and singing from the room to find chichi at the door i tripped over dab-dab who was just coming in with her wings full of plates and fell headlong on my nose has the boy gone crazy cried the duck where do you think you're going ninny to spider monkey island i shouted picking myself up and doing cartwheels down the hall spider monkey island hooray and it's a floating island you're going to bedlam i should say snorted the housekeeper look what you've done to my best china but i was far too happy to listen to her scolding and i ran on singing into the kitchen to find chi chi end of part two